Today's episode of Throne Room Breakdown is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com forward slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com forward slash tips. Man, I can shoot the ball. I know I can shoot the ball. I'm not worried about what anybody says. Like, I'm a dog on the court. That's how I play. They play fast. They have three-point shooting. They're young. They're versatile. And that's how I want to play. That's how I think the game should be played. You know, this team is on the rise. The city's on the rise. Oh, that's, that's exciting. I'm getting chills talking about it. You are listening to Throne Room Breakdown with Jason Jones and Kenny Carraway, only on the Athletic Podcast Network. Start your free trial at theathletic.com slash throne room breakdown. Welcome back, everyone, from our... Uh, Two-week hiatus, whatever it is, we're back. This is Jason Jones. This is Kenny Carraway. Jason, what's good with you, man? How you doing, bro? Not much, man. Just, you know, watching a lot of Netflix, Hulu, whatever's on TV, NFL Draft, whatever I can get my hands on, and learning how to live with a bald head, so that's fun. (laughs) I meant to to tell you uh, in the the pre-production... Uh, I saw your last dance post game show last night. I see you know some good stuff. I see you. and and, and I, I, first time I really saw the baldy. It's straight man. You ain't got no neo head or nothing like that. So you good man. You straight. Yeah yeah. Like I said, my girl was dropping hints about hey you know you you wouldn't look bad with and I'm like all right I, I get it I get it you know you don't like the big ball you don't like the Kareem look you know so it is what it is. Kareem. Yeah yeah. I was I was Kareem like around 85 before he decided Ooh. to go ahead and take it all off. Ooh, yeah, that's 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 cold game right there. Kareem was bad. You know he was a bad man if he was like, yo, I'm going to be in the NBA Finals with this. And just, I'm going to hit sky hooks in the NBA Finals with the world watching with this. But like we yeah. said, it was a different time, man. They didn't, felt like they didn't care. Yeah, it wasn't like back in the 70s when you, your boys would be bald, have the whole bald on, spot man. all the way down the what? middle, but had the fro on the side. <laughs> wasn't that, that OG, uh, wasn't that, OG, OG uh, Nate Thurman? That Nate Thurman didn't, I was about to say, didn't World Be Free have that too? Yeah, yeah, see, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what made you say, hey, I'm going to keep on growing this? <laughs> Yo, they was wilding. <laughs> they were wilding with that one. <laughs> I'm like, I was going to keep combing the sides, you know, and shine they had the to homie the clown, but in real life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Speaking of the homie, we uh, last week, um, Kings had a uh, conference call with the homie Luke Walton and about 45 minutes of just, you know, questions about what he's been up to, the NBA, what's going on, threw in a couple of last dance questions in there, what he's been watching, that type of thing. But to me, the big news thing was he said that Marvin Bagley's feeling good. Mm. You know, Marvin's, you know, they're, they're in com- communication. Marvin's asking for film, you know, if, if we had games going on, it'd be even more exciting. Today. Maybe Marvin's close to playing, but we don't have that. But that was kind of, to me, the biggest news of that chat with, with Luke. But see, Jason, that so, okay. This is, this, is where, this is where I'm scratching my head. This is where, you know, and this is my line of the week. This is where I got my hands on my hips looking like Teddy Riley. I'm looking back right now. I'm like, <laughs> so you mean to tell me? What do we, we're, 
April 20-something, 28th, going into May, that we'd still kind of be evaluating Marvin Bagley and there's nothing that was broke? Like, I, I'm, I'm baffled by it. I'm baffled by it. I, I, for the sore foot, what is this? This will be going on the sore foot that they've been telling us is what it is. And I'm not throwing nobody under the bus. I'm not saying nobody's faking or nothing like that. I'm just telling you. Y'all said it was a sore foot in what, February? No, it was a midfoot sprain. And he re well, re injured it the same injury in Miami or it was either Utah might whatever the case may be it was on that road trip in uh, January so he didn't play in Detroit which would have been around January twenty fourth twenty third he hasn't played since so you're talking about you know you know we're looking at three months at this point with this foot sprain and it's. I mean, it's kind of hard to gauge because at this point, there's no, there's no reason for them to tell us anything about the injury. And when we asked Luke about, well, you know, if something were to start up again, could Marvin play? He he mentioned that, you know, Marvin has to go through the usual protocol. You play three on three. Then you play four on four. Then you play mm-hmm. five on five. Then we see how you feel. Then you ask Marvin how you feel. Then you talk to the doc. It'd still be the same process. Luke wouldn't just jump out and say, oh, yeah, definitely he'd be good to go. I think right. part of that is they haven't been able to get it. You know, you can't bring him in to evaluate him right now. That's part yeah. of it. And I think also the thing is, too, is I don't think Luke is going to put Marvin in a position to where people are expecting him to play. Because what if they start things back up and he's not right? That's then true. Be like, remember, remember when Luke said, you know, back in April that you'd be good to go in July. And right. what, if he's not, what if he's not good to go? So and, I and, understand that. And and I, I, I 100% understand that. And I'm not saying necessarily that... I don't know what I'm saying, to be honest with you. I'm not saying Luke should have said something different because remember how we kind of all got into this whole mess was they started off by saying he should be, you know, about a week, two weeks or something like that. And, you know, it wasn't back or they did the same thing with Rashawn Holmes, right? They were like, Mm -hmm. it's just a shoulder, a couple, you know, maybe about a week or something like that. Ended up being out for like two and a half months or something like that. So I understand. And I can, I can see them trying not to repeat those same um, mistakes that maybe they did in the past by giving uh, by overselling or, you know, giving false hope or something like that. But man, I I don't know. I, I guess it's just somebody that really wants to see Marvin back out there you know, to uh, to hear Luke say, like, ah, if we started back, you know, in May, we'd have to evaluate some things. Like, dang, bro, evaluate? But yeah, play and that's safe. what everybody That's what everybody wants to hear. They want to hear, yeah, if we play again, Marvin will be good to go. But it, there's no need to really jump out like that from their point of view. And I think where, where, the, where the distrust or the skepticism came from was the fact that uh, Rashawn had a, tor- a label tear the whole time. And they never said he had that. So then you find out, oh, yeah, by the way, he getting the PRP injection. And he had, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> His shoulder was just sore. How do we jump all the way to this? Oh, it was the same injury the whole time. Well, why didn't you say that? Well, you know, it, it got into this game where now people really don't trust what they're saying about the injury. But, mm-hmm. you know, Marvin, Marvin's in a unique situation, even as Luke pointed out. He's got like a what, six foot seven brother who's young, he can play against. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. he, you know, he can, he, you know, who's a Division one college player, you know, who yeah. he can, he can get some work in. You know, his dad is still, you know, still relatively young. His dad's around, you know, I think his dad's like, you know, mid 40s, around my age. Yeah. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, we might be about the same age. So, they got a full not, court at the, at the crib. So, we know they're so, getting it in. Yeah. So, you know, they're getting his work in. It's just, I think people are just, you know, craving some good news. And 
I think the fact that he that Luke didn't say, "Oh, it's worse," is good news. Right. <laughs> but that's that's, that's positive. <laughs> yeah, you know, he, it wasn't like he said, "Yeah, I talked to Marvin last week," and Marvin's like, "His foot is swollen and he can't walk." <laughs> you know, that would be a problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, but you know, we didn't we didn't get that. So I think all in all. You know, it's it's progress that Mar you know, Marvin's engaged, though he's you know, he's clearly in communication with the coaching staff. Marvin yeah. you know, and I and I think I think what's been unfair about Marvin, people have questioned whether or not Marvin really wants to play. I'll tell you right now, Marvin wants to play. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous that people would, you know would would even would even consider that. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's disrespectful. You know what I'm saying? Of course the man wants to play. The man nineteen, twenty years old. You know, he feels, you know, invincible and he's going through injuries for the first time or whatever the case may be. To say, like, does he really want to play? Come on, man. Like it that, takes a lot. To me, it takes a lot for you to sit back and say a man's soft. Yeah. When he broke Come his on, thumb. Man. He broke his thumb. I remember one time, that reminds me of, like, uh, one time I was watching uh, Inside the NBA and John Thompson, uh, you know, the Georgetown coach, he was doing an interview with Penny Hardaway. And he sat there and... They said, you know, we're going back and forth, and you know, he's asking questions. And John Thompson goes, "Penny, are you a hypochondriac?" <laughs> and Penny said, "Penny <laughs> just sat there and was like, oh, come, on, come on, coach, come on, man, why, why would you ask that?'" I feel the same way about, uh, you know, people questioning Marvin Bagley if he wants to play. Come on, man, that's, it's, I think that's a ridiculous question. But you know, Marvin, they've been on Marvin's head for a minute now, man. It, it kind of don't surprise me. Yeah, and it's going it's going to stay that way till Marvin plays. It just is what it is. Marvin's got to play, and he's not playing yet, so no one's going to be happy. And right now, we got nothing else to talk about. So yeah, anything else jump out uh, that Luke talked about there? It was good to just hear somebody for a minute. It's been a while since we heard anybody. Yeah, we hadn't I mean, heard anybody since. So. Yeah, we hadn't heard somebody since since March 11th. Mm. That's when Luke talked pregame. Wow. So, so yeah. So I mean, I've talked to some players, but you know, as far as like a coach or you know an executive, that's for, you know. Been a bit a minute, but you know, Luke has watched Tiger King, which I think was interesting. You know, <laughs> I still have it. I'm not going to watch Tiger King. I'm, I'm if, you, not. if you start watching it, you won't stop. <laughs> it's you know, it's like it's like it's like a Jerry Springer episode, like you know, and it's like you say, "Why am I watching this?" And then all of a sudden, it's been three hours. <laughs> Well, yeah. maybe after I finish Black AF. Shout out to that boy Kenya. I, I I love the show. You know what I'm saying? People people talking crazy. Shout out to Black AF. Yeah. Maybe after I finish that, maybe I'll dive into Tiger King. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, man. Yeah, maybe. But um, so like you you mentioned um Luke being in touch with with these guys and um one of the things that I've wondered throughout all this is how much. Are these guys working out and playing? Now, we've seen things. We've seen Rashawn Holmes doing things at home. I've seen something with Harry Giles uh, doing, you know, so I think he's back in Carolina, right? So he's doing stuff so, you yeah. know, in front of his uh, – it's look like really like a regular home, you know what I'm saying, like his parents' home or something like that. So um, we're, they're doing certain stuff, but I just keep thinking back to situations where when this first started, Giannis came out and said, I don't even have a basketball hoop in my house, like – what am I supposed to do? So obviously maybe you got some Jimmy Butlers out there that are shipping basketball hoops or whatever, but are these guys, are these guys playing basketball at all? Uh, if they can, you know, probably you can't play, you know, we, they know Mar Marvin definitely is. Yeah. You know, like, well, that's what know, I'm saying. When I say know. playing basketball, these guys, you know, Marvin's got something at the crib. You know what I'm saying? Like I, and, a lot and of and these he's guys got someone, 
Yeah, he's got somebody he would be around anyway, so there's no worry about, well, are you bringing someone from outside the home? And, you mm-hmm. know, he's got his brother. So, but, I, you know, from the guys I've talked to, a lot of it's been focused on just trying to stay in shape. You know, I talked to Corey Joseph. He's like, I'm trying to keep my wind up, you know, mm-hmm. just because I don't know when this is going to end. Talk to Rashawn. He's like, you know, he's got some, you know, some stuff he's doing. Harrison said he's got some stuff he's doing, but as far as the actual, you know, it's been kind of crazy. I was talking to the guy from the NFL. He was saying it's crazy to him how many basketball players don't have, like, basketball hoops. But mm. part of that is is that during the season, these guys have gotten accustomed to this. You know, the Kings mm. are like every other team. You know, if a guy wants to work out, you've got, those, you've got your player development coaches or someone who will open the gym up for them mm. at any hour. So if you're, you know, trying to be physically responsible, I know these guys make a whole lot of money. But if you're, if you're saying, you know what, why would I spend more money on a home that I'm only going to live in for half the year with a hoop on it right. when I can just call up, you know, Rico or call up Bobby or someone and have them open up the facility and I can get my work in there. Right. So on that regard, it does make – I understand them not having a lot of that, but you see like LeBron's video. LeBron got a whole damn gym at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. LeBron got dumbbells. Every LeBron got everything, but you know LeBron. All, LeBron you know, got an equinox at the crib. Yeah, LeBron got the whole damn. You know, but you, you, part of me almost said he should just invite the. He can't invite the team over though, so, <laughs> <laughs> so he's got to be selfish with it. You know, and you know, and what the Kings did do was that who guys who needed equipment, the team did ship the players equipment. Mm. You know, they had to sanitize it. Yeah. They, had, they had to sanitize it and whatnot, and they shipped guys who wanted equipment. They shipped it to them. And, you know, one thing Luke also did, they have, like, Zoom yoga classes. Mm. So, you know, you know, if you want to do your yoga, they send guys workouts they can do at home. So they're doing everything you possibly can to keep them going. Right. You know, right. they're doing everything you humanly can do. It's just, this is like, you know, it's unprecedented. No no one's prepared for this. Yeah, and, it's, and, and when I, it may sound like I'm questioning whether they're playing, like, Oh, are you dedicated? Like, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm really curious, like, what can they do right now? You know what I'm saying? And and I, I, I think back to, you know, when I played, like, I could not not do nothing for, you know, a month. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, I'm not an NBA player. They, these guys are wired and built differently, so maybe they can just jump back into it. But even the best of the best need, you know, to do something, you know, skill-wise for a couple of weeks to, you know, make sure they stay sharp. So, yeah, I was just I was I was curious like how much mm-hmm. basketball are they able to play, but you know, they're just trying to they're going going on the fly right now, I guess. Yeah, and then you the NBA announced Monday, you know, that you know, by May 8th in areas and states where they're loosening some of the restrictions, the NBA, you know, guys can you know go to the facility, but there's a lot of rules even with that. You know, there's only mm-hmm. the limit is, you know, no more than four players can be at the facility at any one time. Okay. No head or assistant coaches can participate. <laughs> group group activity remains prohibited, including practices or scrimmages. Players yeah. remain prohibited from using non-team facilities such as public health clubs, fitness centers, or gyms. So, you know, uh, that that kind of comes out because you know it, the the restrictions were loosened in Georgia. The the mm. Hawks still aren't opening their facility. They're mm. waiting. You know, it looks like maybe things will be loosening in Texas, which you got three teams out there. But even then, you look at this, you know, uh, those restrictions and some of the reports were even saying, even in the case where you have four players there and someone there to monitor or help or watch, they want those guys to be at least 12 feet apart from each other. Mm. So, I mean, 
the joke was, oh, so basically you're saying they all got to play defense like James Harden. That was oh, come on. <laughs> I'm like, come on, y'all. Y'all just y'all just wrong, you know. Shots at James for they're no just reason. Like, like, I'm like, they're like, oh, so it'll be like NBA defense for real. No one's within 12 feet of anyone. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, oh. yeah, so, you know, it's going to, because, you know, even with that, you know, you can come get some workouts in, but. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be. I think we're still, you know, we're still a ways away from any type of ball, but yeah, this is yeah. a tough spot. And that even, like you said, that goes um, team to team, state to state. Because even if you know Texas or Georgia, you know they got the green light, the Hawks and the Mavericks on them to open up the facilities. It seems like in California, ain't none of that going on right now. Like they've already said, like no. Like yeah, shelter Lakers, in place on deck. Lakers, Clippers, Kings, Warriors, forget it. Yeah, it ain't happening. Yeah. So, yeah. I, w- let me ask you, Jason. When I'm, I'm thinking that for the 2019-2020 season, I think we're we're starting to get into the countdown. I can't imagine them because right now they're putting off May. Basically, they're not going to be like they're not going to start June first. You know what I'm saying? So, I can't imagine them on June first saying we're going to push, you know, we're going to see if we can um, open up things July 1st. And when I mean open up, I mean like teams being able to practice or whatever. Like, like I think they have to be playing games by June, July 1st at the latest, or else I think the season is done. I mean, that would seem to make sense. But, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios still. You know, what if you say we got to start late July, but we just go straight to the playoffs? I don't know what you mm. do. You know, and then there, you know, if you if you have a scenario like that, what you do is you eliminate essentially the the contact angle for at least fourteen teams, right? And then the number would get smaller as you play along, and then right. maybe you'd have to do a thing instead of doing your kind of grand. Or they say a series ends on Monday on one end, and another one ends on Wednesday. No, we don't wait till Sunday to start. You know, maybe you try to mm. you know compress things. I don't know what you do, but I right. still think there's there's you know. I think uh, almost all the sports leagues are looking at each other like, well, what are you going to do? Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. yeah, who's going to make the first move? Yeah, and how are you going to do yeah. it? Yeah, because that first league is going to take a lot of PR hits, you know, yeah. from the idea that you guys got tests and the public don't have doesn't have tests. You know, there's going right. to be a lot to go with it. So, all right. Hmm, interesting stuff, man. But, yeah, I, like I said, uh, you know, people have been talking about, yeah, you know, we want to see him back out there and, Saw some Mark Cuban talking the other day about, you know, we feel like we have a moral responsibility to come back. And I'm like, let's just make sure everybody's safe first. That's that's I mean the I, moral I, the moral thing is to be healthy, not to yeah, come back and play you ball. Know what I'm and nobody nobody loves sports and loves watching basketball more than me, but I I'm not like as as uh, you know, as uh frustrating as it has been to not have games or whatever, I'm okay. Like I'm okay, I'm I'm living fine. Like I don't need these guys to risk their lives. You know what I'm saying? To uh, For my entertainment. Yeah, like, I'm like nah, oh. ain't no moral responsibility, man. Like make sure everybody's yeah, get, good. Yeah, I get what he's saying, but I don't think there's no. Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna say you know what. And then you know it, it puts the players in an unfair spot too. It's like oh yeah, come back and entertain me. Right. It's like you know what? I'm safe at home and I'm feeling well. You know, you guys go out there and play because we still don't know how many players are actually infected. We don't, we don't know anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, they don't have to tell us that. You know, it's, it's their personal business. They don't have to tell us, they were, you know, who had what and whatnot, you know. But 
Yeah, I just think it's. I'm just, kind of, I'm just kind of saying, you know what? I'm not, you know, expecting a whole lot. You know, a lot of my summer plans have already been canceled as it is. Yeah, yeah 2020 <laughs> so, is a wrap. Yeah, 2020 has. <laughs> I, I, let me be to reiterate: the year 2020 has been trash. <laughs> it has been disgusting. It's. Yeah. I'm like, can we? Can we? You know, as somebody said, for those of y'all who eat black eyed peas for a good New Year or whatever you're supposed to do. Eat pigs feet or chitlins. Y'all need to, yeah, y'all, might, y'all, y'all didn't do none of that because this year has been shitty. Yeah, we got to reevaluate who who did their uh, due diligence this year. With that. We we uh, may, this may be the year where we change the food for if people were doing that because yeah, because whatever happened, did, yeah, yeah, whatever y'all did didn't work. It did not work at all. This has been a trash ass year. I mean, Hell yeah, my my God, it's. You know, but hey, I say, hey, hey, we're healthy. You know, we're doing okay, and it's, it's just that's all I can say. It's like, hey, I'm I'm doing fine. So right, you know, right, I'm blessed on that front. We have had in the last couple of weeks, though, a little bit of entertainment. We had the NFL draft last week. That was pretty exciting. The girlfriends stole the show. Girlfriends and moms stole the show on the NFL draft. Yeah. That was some good stuff. I so we had we had it. that. Um, but also the last two weeks and a couple of weeks moving forward, the last dance has been um, appointment television on Sunday night. Like it has been mm-hmm. to me. I've heard a lot. You know, a couple of people. You know, kind of. You know thumb their nose at it or whatever i thought it's been everything as advertised for me i think it's been great um last uh last uh episode last two episodes they had dennis rodman and you know and they they went through that and phil jackson and stuff i thought it was great michael jordan has been phenomenal with his interviews like he's holding he's holding nothing glass on the table Oh man, a boy Mike has been doing his thing with the interviews, talking to Isaiah and the, and the Pistons and all that. I've loved it all, man. Um, I even caught you. You did your, the Instagram live post game show. I saw that the yeah. other day, man. So you enjoying yeah. the last dance? Yeah, even though the last episode was rather traumatic for an, you know, it was traumatic. I was well, like, we, I don't want to. We had to finish it off the right finals. way. We had to finish had it off the right. We lived the ninety one finals, you know, do <laughs> Magic's last finals appearance. I was like, Mike, I mean, my man Magic, nine finals appearances in 12 years. That's amazing. That is that, amazing. That's something that probably will never be done again. Nah. Nine nah. and 12. I mean, you played 12, you got there nine, and it wasn't like you were just on a team. Right. <laughs> You're right. driving a team every, basically every year. You know, basically the three years you didn't make it, it was like, what the hell was going on? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, I've been, I've enjoyed it. I've, I mean, I've enjoyed. I, I, to me, I, I, what I've, I've, I even tweeted it about it that Sunday night. The idea that I hope people begin to appreciate the other guys who were on those Bulls teams. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Scotty and I, Dennis were yeah. phenomenal. I thought it was real. Uh, it was real eye opening to see um, the way Dennis was locked in when Scotty was out. Like that's a side of Dennis you don't really see a lot, and. Mm-hmm. You know, with him and Mike are on the bench and they're, you know, they're talking and they're discussing things and, you know, and how Dennis talked about how, you know, he felt like needed with Scotty being out and he stepped up to the challenge. Mike said he stepped up to the challenge. That was that was cool to see because all you see really, you know, and for good reason is Rodzilla. You know what I'm saying? But at that point, you know, he got back to his basketball roots. You know what I'm saying? It was really, really locked in. That was good to see. Yeah, you know, the, the the Carmen Electra story was great. And my, shout out to Carmen Electra. And my favorite thing is just is this has sparked like the Detroit Chicago hate again. Oh, people, for all, sure. all my Detroit people are like 
They feel like the documentary has portrayed them and their city and their team in a bad light. The Pistons still don't get the respect they deserve for their two championships. Well, it seems like the people of Detroit and the Pistons, they have a permanent chip on their shoulder um, about that era. And it's, I mean, it's just reignited it. It's its never going away and it's reignited it. And they're probably going to be mad because I have a feeling that um, we're going to talk about Dream Team and Isaiah not being on there. And maybe Mike had something to do with that. So I maybe. think in a, in a no week or two. Ain't no maybe about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ain't no maybe it's, about it. It seems pretty clear at this point that uh, Mike was like, it's either him or me. And, and Isaiah uh, should have been on that team. There's no question he should have been on that team. You know, but I, I'm I'm loving the back and forth, and you know, I mean, I get Detroit's chip because if you look at them, two of their championships came against, if you, from an LA perspective, against two late injured Laker teams. Well, and, and what one? And who was injured well, the first no. time when they when they robbed them? Uh, the uh, the you mean the first one they got who got robbed when the Pistons got robbed in '88. I don't know what you're talking about. That was a healthy team, healthy Lakers team. But as a matter of fact, no, Isaiah was no, I said on one the, leg. I said, I said when the Pistons won. Oh, okay, okay. And, oh, okay, and yeah, people, you're people saying from, 90, people, the Lakers were hurt too. Okay, yeah, I got you. 89, 89, that's when, 89 is, that, that's when, uh, 89 is when Pat Riley put the Lakers through a training camp <laughs> yeah, and snapped ran, everyone's hamstring. Ran their asses into the ground. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Coach. And then in 04, <laughs> That was when you got uh no uh Carl Malone on one leg trying to help the Lakers win and they had to start Slava Medvedenko. Remember that name? Yeah. Slava so, Medvedenko. And, and I just think the, I just think the city of Detroit is per, uh, perpetually feels disrespected and this documentary has only added to that feeling. I mean, for, I mean, Horace Grant called them straight up bitches like on oh, the other <laughs> called them straight up bitches. Mike is saying you can't convince him that Isaiah isn't an asshole. I'm like, wow, this is this is great television. Yeah, it was real. It got real. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then people from Detroit would all say that what's overlooked about the whole walk-off situation. They showed the whole Boston thing where teams walked off, where Boston walked off on them. I had heard that part before, but the mm-hmm. other thing, they say that the day before the sweep, they said Mike spent his media session saying they weren't worthy champions and disrespecting them. Yeah. So they felt like, we don't give a damn, shake your hand. You, t- you say we weren't worthy champions. We won two of these things, and we spent the last three th- years kicking your ass. Yeah, that, that was real heat, man. Them two yeah, teams they, had real heat. They need to have Isaiah and Mike sit down. Do you remember like, that little NBA TV? We bring <laughs> Kobe the two guys, and Shaq. They need to Magic bring those and two Isaiah. together. But there would, be, there would be no making up with Mike and Isaiah. There no, would there, be, would no, there would not be. be there would Mike be no would keep it up. a stack. <laughs> Mike yeah, would keep I, it a stack. I can I see would, Mike I, agreeing to it just so he can say whatever he got to say to Isaiah to his face. Yeah, yeah, we need that. We need that. And walk need off. That. Ain't no shaking hands afterward. He just wanted to say it. <laughs> and, and one of my friends, she said that it's been tw- it's 29 years later and y'all still mad about this. He said, who says men aren't petty? <laughs> it's been 29 years. I, don't, I, don't, I mean, I, all look, y'all I don't got, blame you know, none of them. I don't blame the Bulls. Yeah. I don't blame the Pistons. I understand it completely. All y'all got grown kids now, and y'all still mad. <laughs> still right, mad. So, now, yeah. uh, Jason, people have talked about the nostalgia of the last dance and what it what it's brought back to them, and and I'm no different. All right, it's brought back a lot for me. You know, I've gone back and you know I've watched like 
the whole series, like whole games of whole series, like the 1990 Eastern Conference Finals to watch it. Michael is crazy. Michael is mm-hmm. crazy. Like, I don't even think the highlights that you guys are seeing in the last dance do justice to like watching this man in a game in, in that type of setting. Like Mike is crazy, right? So it's got nostalgic, right? But it's also got nostalgic for me on another end, Jason. And I, I and gather around everybody. It's story time with Kenny Caraway right now because I got a story to tell. And I see, you know, all these highlights of the, the Bulls and, you know, their second three-peat or whatever the case may be. And it took me back to a day where, I don't know, some of you guys may know this, but um, the Kings in the mid-90s, I don't know what was going on with their practice facility situation, like practicing at the game at the uh, arena at Arco or whatever the case may be. I don't I don't know. I don't know what was going on, but there would be time, maybe about a handful of times a season. They would come to the Salvation Army, the Ray Robinson uh, Community Center in Oak Park, Mm -hmm. and they would have practices there. And it would just kind of be random, like some maybe the arena's rented out and they needed a place last minute and they would come there. I used to go there every day after school. Right. So, mm-hmm. like I said, a handful of times, maybe less than that. Like we'd get there and, oh, you guys can't go in the gym. The Kings are there today. We're like, the Kings, what? So it would always be pretty dope. So one day um, I, you know, I used to go with a group of kids and everybody's parents picked them up and took them home that day. And I was mad. Like I was the only one that had to go to the Salvation Army. I was mad. I was like, this sucks. Like everybody's going home. I'll be there by myself or whatever. And I get there. And it just so happens to be the day the Kings are there. The Kings are practicing there. And I'm like, this is dope. So I'm watching through the window. I'm watching them practice. This is Mitch, Odin Polonies, Brian Grant, Tyus Edney, um, Michael the Animal Smith, all these guys, right? So then they are leaving, and I'm standing in the front. I'm about 11 years old. I'm standing in the front, and I'm asking everybody, like, hey, can I get your autograph or whatever the case may be? And everybody, Mitch, Brian Grant, OP, all these guys are signing my autograph. Um, you know, it's it's the greatest day ever, right? It's the greatest day. And then I get to one last player. I have everybody's autograph. I get to one last player, Randy Brown. And Randy Brown comes out and I say, Randy, can I, can I get your autograph? And he goes, nah, man, not today, man. I said, what the fuck? What the? Are you shitting me? Bro, you're Randy Brown, okay? You're not getting no tick. You're Randy Brown. And and Mitch Richmond, a Hall of Famer, Brian Grant at the time was like uh, coming off an all-rookie NBA team or something like that after his rookie season. And you they signed in my autograph. OP's averaging a double-double. And Randy Brown is out here like, nah, I'm good today? Fam, if you don't get the hell out of my face. So, so I see Randy Brown. On these games in 96, Michael Jordan wins the championship and who's there being annoying and trying to grab the ball from Michael Jordan. But Randy Brown, I've held a grudge on Randy Brown for the last 20 plus years because he didn't sign my autograph when he was a nobody on the Sacramento Kings and he, he didn't want to sign my autograph. So. That's what I think of throughout this whole last dance whenever they go back to like 96, 97 and Randy Brown is out on the court. I think about how he was at the Salvation Army that day and didn't sign my autograph. And there, folks, I think we can end this on (laughs) now we have the explanation as to why. I'm always fascinated when fans or people don't like random players. I'm like, and you had tweeted about you would never like Randy Brown. I'm like, who the hell has beef with Randy Brown? Like, what type of random ass I got beef with Randy Brown? I've never heard of that. We got real beef. 
Now we know why Kenny Carraway does not like Randy Brown. Randy Brown, if you're listening, I would love to invite you on the show and you can explain to Kenny why on a day you probably don't even remember. He sh- you did not t- want- sure doesn't remember. We need you to you talk want- about Isaiah and Mike having a sit down. Kenny and Randy Brown need to have a sit down. I will be there for that. <laughs> but that's all I got. That was story time with Kenny Carraway today. <laughs> I can't top that. I can't top that. <laughs> Vlade signed my autograph when I was a kid. So, hey. <laughs> so on that note, I think we can go ahead. <laughs> Exit stage left before Randy Brown's people hit hit me up, thinking I'm the one who got beef. And I'm a I'm a I'm a tag Randy Brown. Do yeah, it. I'm atting him. I'm atting him. At Randy, yeah, do that. <laughs> I, 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 I'm I'm here for the exchange. So, anything else you want to say before we? Start a Randy Brown KC field. <laughs> no, y'all be safe out there, and uh, yeah, we'll see, we'll see y'all. We'll see y'all soon. We got some stuff in the works too. We got we got some interviews and you know some guests. We don't want to give too much out, but we got some stuff in the works. So keep your ears to either one of our Twitter pages, uh, Jason Jones at Mister Jason Jones uh, at Mister Under- K- Yeah, Mister Underscore Underscore. You got an underscore in there. Got to get Mike. the underscore. Yeah, we don't want to. We Jones. don't want to. Uh, we don't want you tweeting nobody out in Idaho somewhere. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. want to make sure we got the real Jason Jones. So just just check the Twitter. We got some things working out. Y'all 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 uh keep your eyes peeled. Keep your eyes yeah. peeled. All right, so y'all be safe out there and we uh, no. We out of here. Catch I'm you next out. time. Peace, Randy Brown. <laughs>